In the morning, when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Grady and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them suckers like the f***ing players. I'm pretty sure that was uh, the boss at Raiders.com talking to Cassie. <laughs> I, I was pretty, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know it for sure, but if that if that's Cassie's boss, uh, she is not doing her job. She's that not old enough. Before or her. after she stole cookies from the Aviators game? Probably after, because they probably gave him a call and said, "Look, she's over here stealing food." So you got to get over here. Coming up at 9.30. Find out about Cassie Soto stealing And she keeps videotaping players without masks on. (laughs) (laughs) All kinds of mistakes from Cassie last night. All right. First topic on the front page. Anthony Davis left last night's Lakers game. Lakers lost to the Clippers by 24 points last night. They play the Blazers tonight. Right now, the Lakers and Blazers are tied in the West for the sixth seed, the seventh seed ends up in the play-in round. Anthony Davis said that he expects to play today after leaving last night's game. LeBron's not playing. Uh, they're actually going to end up in the playoff in the play-in round, aren't they? Like we're actually yeah, going to see the Lakers yeah. as a seven in that seven seed in the play-in round. And as Barkley said in I think halftime last night, they're average without LeBron. They absolutely stink without both of them. So they're probably going <laughs> down to the play game. We were talking about this, and look, he's a superstar. I get how incredibly talented he is. But, man, Anthony Davis gets hurt a lot, but he's got to be, what, 265? That's a big man, and he falls a lot. He does a lot of things, and it's just like when he comes down, that is a big man falling, whether it's the ankle last night when he you know, hits the standard on the size or whatever. He seems to go down a lot, as great as he is. He's great, but, man, he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, it's and right now the Lakers are, I mean, they're feeling that with Anthony Davis yeah. being out. And Back, leg, ne- and knees got, the ankles got everything. Yeah, and LeBron, who has been, I mean, for his entire career, one of the most impressive things is that yes. he didn't, get, he didn't hurt get hurt at his all. size. And then, and obviously he did a couple years ago, and now he is right now. Like, you're, you're going in the playoffs, and uh, the Lakers. Oh, they could lose the play-in game. If they're fully healthy, you think they're still right. the title favorites, regardless but. of seed, but. They're they're not. Yeah, they're not. I don't, I don't think even right now you can say they're going to be 100. percent Even if Anthony Davis and LeBron didn't play the rest of the right. season. Man, you know that's a great question. Also in the NBA, James Harden is very confident he will be ready for the playoffs. He last played on April 5th. Uh, he said he wants to get into a game before the regular season ends. But Harden sounds confident that he'll be there to start the playoffs, which would be like I don't know the fifth time we get to see Kyrie Irving. James Harden and Kevin Durant all play together because somehow they've had injuries. All three or all three of them combined have somehow had an injury at some point to uh, make sure we don't see them at full health before the playoffs get here. It'll be fascinating when we do, though, because if they're all if they're all healthy and going, then they could win the whole thing. But well, I'll believe that when I see it. Steve Nash last night. I like Steve Nash a lot. I think he's doing a good job, especially having to manage those egos. But I always laugh four straight. You know, this is good for us. No, it's not. <laughs> It's not good to lose four straight. I, I love when coaches say that. It's good for us. No, maybe like you went lose one game, you like learn something. To lose four straight, it's like that. That's not good for you. It's, you know, coaches are, even Steve Nash. You. I love Steve Nash. I love Steve Nash. But it's like Giannis scored seventy. This is good for us. Good for us. Like no, it's never good for you to lose like that. You Sorry. found out you can't guard Giannis. This is great. <laughs> yeah, it's this great. is excellent. We know we can't guard him. It gives me something to prepare for for the playoffs because we can't guard this guy.
We will find a way to avoid him in the playoffs yes, exactly. if we keep losing like yes. this. We can hit that nice that seed. Oh. Great question. The Raiders signed Markel Harrell. He's an undrafted guard from 2020. He was on the Bills practice squad last year. I'm ready for Harrell and Jared Jones-Smith to lead the Raiders to the offensive line glory lane what if this it's year. The, what if there's one spot left and it's the camp uh, camp competition? Not that we'll be able to watch, but what if we could watch and on the oh. side, they were just having uh, Harrell and, and Jared Jones-Smith-Schuster go at each other. <laughs> Like on the side, like that, like the, it was the old Oklahoma drill. Was it Oklahoma drill where they just crash into each other for no reason at all? That would be awesome. And then whoever like doesn't drop down the first day, ah, you're the guy. What are you having them duel to the death for a yes. roster yes. spot? Yes, yes, that'd the, be awesome. Ooh, no, no, you got to do the train wreck drill then. Not the not the Oklahoma, the one where you take off running 20, fo- oh, 20 yes. yards apart. And just crash into each crash other? Crash into yes. each other. Yes. I mean, I, are they both making the active roster? Probably not. No. I need you. No out at a practice to give us a report on Jared Jones Smith. Is he big? Is he fast? Well, then you'll look up because I'll be in a tree because I don't think he'd be allowed to sit down on the field during <laughs> well, these times. Uh, JR's got scaffolding. Yes. <laughs> Bring out Starkus' scaffolding and my binoculars. Across the street, I think is an Amazon building. I'm pretty sure it's an Amazon building. If you look over, I'll have the binoculars seeing which one's bigger and which one's faster. Yes. I'm out. The Pacers suspended assistant coach Greg Foster for one game. They also fined Goga Bitatze. So two nights ago, Pacers playing the Kings. Goga Bitatze told Greg Foster's suit to sit the F down while play was going on. He's getting back on defense, telling Goga or telling his assistant coach to sit the F down. And then the next time out, Foster had to be held back from going after Bitatze. So Pacers ended up suspending the coach, finding the player. There have been some some reports and some stories out there about Nate Bjorkman, the head coach at Indiana, who's been there since his first year. Like, it's apparently not good in Indiana. Like, the communication there, none of the players apparently like him that much. Like, he's going to be a coach for one season in Indiana and be fired, and they're going to have to find somebody else next year. Uh, well, uh, Gogo with the two points and one rebound. He had a big game. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> no, matter how, no matter how Goga is... Um, I sort of agree with this because players can be complete idiots and scream stuff. I think as the assistant coach, you might deal with him in the locker room afterwards. I don't think you go after the kid during the game. Yeah. Like, I, I just, yeah. You have to suspend the coach necessarily. The player might be completely out of control and out of his mind. You can wait after the game to deal with him. Yeah. But like the coach, like, yeah, you shouldn't be the one being held back. Yeah. Goga should be being <laughs> held back. And then you just like, you know, someone protect you. But you shouldn't be going after Goga in front of everybody, right? I mean... I think it's. I think this is on the coach. I just love that Goga. Who? What was his stat line again? Uh, let's two, see. Two points, one rebound. Two one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's the, averaging eleven point six minutes. Uh, he's averaging five and three. Yeah. So the guy he's averaging not, you know. five and three, telling an assistant coach <laughs> to sit the f down. He's is, averaging five is and three. Phenomenal. And not a shock. He's making twelve and a half million dollars a year because that's what happens in the NBA. You average five and three like you're an absolute millionaire. He's making more than every <laughs> NHL player. He's making more than the Joker. He's averaging five and three, and he makes more than the Joker, Kenyon Drake. All I'll say is, and I've learned this from personal experience, if you look down and the person you're yelling at is wearing sneakers and you're not, you're in the wrong and you need to calm down. Yeah, at least high tops. 
If you're wearing like the sneakers with the suits like coaches like to, that's one thing. But if you're not wearing the official high tops, you just back up and let Gogo go crazy. Well, the best don't thing. ever get in a fist fight in, a, in dress shoes, is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, no, the best thing about it, Greg, Fo- Greg Foster is a former NBA player. He played. I think he, yeah, he, and he was much better than Goga. Yeah, he might be taller than Goga, too. Like He'd he average was, more than five and three well, at this yeah, point. I don't even better, know how old he is. But I'm saying like he was probably taller. Like yeah. Goga's telling him. It's not like he's telling like TJ Otzelberger and Marvin Menzies and we're like, right. you know, 5'8", five, 5'10", five, right. in that range with guys that are like 6'9 on their team. The coach is bigger oh, than yeah. the player in yeah, this situation. If they actually fought, Foster oh, I probably take, wins I the fight. Foster Goga. Would have been great. Yeah. They, they don't need to fight Goga's him. one of those guys I'm always surprised on the ESPN stories about him that actually has a link to who he is. <laughs> If, you, if you're one of those guys who are really bad, often you don't have a link to your bio. But Goga actually has one. Wasn't he a first-round pick? Was he? Uh, 18th overall 18th in the 2019 overall? draft. Wow. Weak draft that year. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, if he was picked 18th overall, he might be making $12 billion. That, yeah. guy's like a, he was guaranteed, that guy's guaranteed three years of money. Uh, That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> ESPN is interested in hiring Wayne Gretzky to call NHL games next season. So next year, NBC's out. It's going to be Turner Sports, so TNT, TBS, and ESPN that are broadcasting all of the national NHL games and the playoffs. Do either, I couldn't find the answer to this. Do either of you know, has Gretzky ever called hockey before? Never heard him. I've seen him as guests, obviously, but I've never heard him call a game. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, obviously, he's, you know, the most popular hockey player of all time. So, that's the reasoning behind why ESPN would want him. But I'm just, I was curious. I was like, are they really, like, trying to chase down a guy who's never done yeah. it before? I get, what is he now? The alternate governor of the Oilers? I mean, a guy at that level, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how many games they'd have him, but it's almost sometimes it's too much of a bother. Like, that, Wayne Gretzky doesn't need to do that. What the hell does alternate governor mean? You get paid a lot of money for just saying Connor McDavid's really good. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what it means. I, I mean, like, that's one of those things where, like, if you want to do it, you're, like, looking for something to do. He doesn't need to do it, and he certainly doesn't need to travel around the world, like, you know, the, you know, calling hockey games. So maybe he's got nothing to do, and, I mean, he pretty much plays golf. What? And he's the alternate governor. What if he's, like, Magic Johnson-level bad? Oh, boy. He could be. <laughs> A lot of times, the greatest players do not make for the greatest broadcasters. I mean, seriously, because they're just so, they know so much about it, and they're such experts, it's hard for them to, um, like, I think I've told you this example before. When Tony Gwynn became the coach of San Diego State, he would tell reporters he was frustrated as hell because he would try to tell a kid to do what he did, and the kid would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, but Tony (laughs) Gwynn's like, no, this is what you do. He's like, I'm not Tony Gwynn. So sometimes, like, the best guys, like, can't do that. They can't explain it, like, you know, because they know it so well. That's They used to say Barry Bonds would just, like, if any of his teammates were slumping, he'd Uh, he'd just go, well, why don't you just hit it? Yeah, why don't you just do this? Like, yeah, that's we can't do it like you. Thanks, Barry. I want to see the kid from San Diego State who told Tony Gwynn, I'm not Tony Gwynn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're going to hit this ball off a tee 7,000 times because that's what I did. Have, okay? you, have you met your son? Your son isn't even Tony <laughs> exactly. Gwynn. And he's named and, Tony Gwynn. And he made the majors. <laughs> what do you think? Hartford University is going to leave Division One and drop down to Division Three for athletics. So, by the way, Quick note for UNLV fans, if you thought the Board of Regents here were bad, the Board of Regents are the ones that made this decision for Hartford University to drop them down to Division Three. Moves not going to place take place until 2025, so there's a transition period here. But, like, Hartford was just in the NCAA tournament for they winning made the, the tournament. East. Yeah, they got blown up by Baylor. But, like, 
That how many times have teams dropped down like that? Well, after that, making the tournament, never. Yeah, I am. I am. Fa- there was. I haven't seen a reason given. I read a couple different stories on this. I haven't seen an actual like reason given other than Hartford's border region saying athletics will still continue here, but we can focus more on the academic side. I, I very. I, I'm assuming they're losing money. That's that oh, to, has me, to be. That has to be what the answer is. But I haven't seen anybody come out and say. We're losing money on athletics. Well, we need to drop down. Everyone lost money. I get that at every level because of the pandemic. Did they lose enough? And I'm not going to pretend to know everything about every scholarship allotment of money. They lost enough to where they wouldn't even go to D2. Now, D2 offers scholarships. Yeah, D3 does yeah. not. D3 is like academic stuff. You can get a kid on academically. But they must have lost a fortune if they're going down to D3. Yeah. And if you're those Hartford kids, guess what? Nine just went into the portal. <laughs> I mean, you look, could stink, but you're like, look, I might stink, but this is D1. For I'm going to the sport. portal. They, <laughs> exactly. They had like rallies where like these student yes. athletes were out there like, saying, Like I signed with a D1 this. school. Yeah. I'm not going to go to D3. I mean, the good news for those student athletes, they're not going to D3 till 2025. So they'll they, be out. they yeah, still get be to done. play Division yeah. One and finish out their careers. But uh, by the way, how the hell do you recruit if you're well, a coach? Well, I was just going like, to say, the basketball coach over the next three years like can get nobody. <laughs> it's like because like you guys are going to D three. Like they'll. I don't know what Hartford's basketball recorders over the next several years will be. It's not going to be good. His his recruiting pitch is come here for one year. I'll yes. play you a lot. You can transfer. You go to the portal. Get the portal. We're going Division three. Yes. You go to the portal. He, the go next somewhere three better. years, Hartford will have fourteen new players every year. <laughs> they will just continue turning it over. All right, coming up next, we will jump into Aaron Rodgers and the 75% chance he stays with the Packers. Is Tyler a know-it-all? Can you prove him wrong? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Mike Grimala is going to join us at 8.30. Also, stay tuned later in the show. You'll have a chance to win a copy of MLB The Show 21. But now, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, can't get enough of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Yesterday, John Kuhn, who was a fullback for about a decade with the Packers, played with Aaron Rodgers, uh, is reportedly very good friends and plays golf with Aaron Rodgers on a regular basis. But John Kuhn was on the Zach Gelb show on CBS uh, radio. And he had a lot to say about it. Uh, mentioned, you know, that Aaron Rodgers is one of the few guys uh, with the power to basically do this in the NFL, that if most players did something like this, they'd just be released or something. Well, like their team that. wouldn't pay yeah. attention to they'd it. Just be like, who? <laughs> what? So Rogers, one of the few players that has the power to do this. But the more interesting part was John Kuhn. And if if you believe, buy into the fact that John Kuhn is good friends with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if we should believe that anybody is actually good friends with Aaron Rodgers. But if you believe that, Kuhn said there's a 70 to 75% chance that Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback for the Packers in 2021. Um, I kind of agree with him. Like, I kind of believe that that's where this, that's the end result of this that the Packers are not seriously going to consider trading him, and that if you're Aaron, like if you're Aaron Rodgers right now, because you're okay, we talked about yesterday, the idea of him retiring and how competitive he is. Aaron Rodgers is 37 years old, and if Aaron Rodgers were to retire right now, he would be viewed as a quarterback that didn't win enough. That's how we would view Aaron Rodgers, because he is like, I think you, you'd ask most people, they'd say he's more talented than Tom Brady. But he played in the era with Tom Brady, where Tom Brady became the greatest winner in the history of the sport. 
and Aaron Rodgers only won one title. And I think if Aaron Rodgers retired now, that's what we would say. He needs or he wants to win another Super Bowl. That's what I, I think he wants to win a Super Bowl. And his best chance to do that is probably staying in Green Bay. As much as he might hate the front office, that's probably his best chance. Coming to Vegas, going to the Broncos, like neither one of those give him nearly as good of a chance as winning a Super Bowl as it would to just stay in Green Bay with that team that's won 13 games each of the last two regular seasons and been in the NFC title game each of the last two seasons. Yeah, and also, uh, I think the idea of 70-75%, um, as our guest uh, Brad told us earlier, if I'm the Packers, I absolutely you know, play as bluff also for this reason. If it just comes worse to worse and in the very end you can't get a deal done, teams will still give you a ton for Aaron Rodgers. So, like, yeah. even if it's in August, whatever, and you're going through camp and you're like, all right, this guy's not showing up and you have to have a meeting in the minds like it's just not going to happen, you can still call. And we saw a report today, you know, that the Broncos' Dan Ciela says three ones and a two. I still think you can get that, like, two weeks before a season. Yeah, even, like it's Aaron Rodgers. Like even if you don't have leverage as the Packers, your right. leverage is it's Aaron Rodgers. Well, he just won the MVP. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> so it's not like you have to move him now to get the most for him. Yeah, he's one of the very few players you can move really, really late and still say, "Do you want him?" It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and still get three, <laughs> three ones, a two, and Derek. Hart. Hey, Denver. Uh, I saw Drew Locke was still taking yes, your number exactly. one snaps. Yes. Um, <laughs> This is when it's really bad for Denver that we're going back to preseason games. Because then the Packers can say, no, we actually watched him on Sunday, and you're going to give us a fourth number one because we saw him play. Uh, so last year, maybe not. There were no preseason games like, well, Drew's probably better than we think. We can get away with this, but he's actually going to play, and the Packers are going to have to give us, or we're going to have to give the Packers more. I mean, yeah, I agree 70 75%, just because these dudes at NFL just aren't moved that often. Yeah. Like, if it had happened, like, a hundred times and, you know, the greatest players have always been moved, that's one thing. But it rarely happens at this level that one of the greatest players at his position who just was the MVP, it's not like, yeah, he's 37, but it's not like he's playing like he's 37. He just got the MVP, would be moved. Yeah. It's, it's too much involved with that. Yeah. It it would be bizarre for it to happen, though it has been a bizarre offseason. True. Aaron it's Rodgers been a bizarre year. Now, yes. okay, on the idea he's that— getting married. —that Rodgers has one of the—is one of the few players that has this power— I think there might be more players than we think. Because do you remember Antonio Brown with the Raiders? Like, they were willing to put up with a lot of crap and not actually do anything about it. Hot air balloons and frozen feet. Right. They were putting up with a lot. And it took, what did it take? Him yelling at Mike Mayock in the locker room, calling him a cracker. Yes. In the Like, that's what it took, was he and Mike Mayock yelling at each other for them to finally cut ties with Antonio Brown. All the other stuff, like John, what, like a week, like a few days before they released him, John Gruden was saying how he how he's excited and how great it was and all this, and like they were willing to put up with everything because they thought Antonio Brown was going to be great. So I think there might be more players that could get away with something like this than we think. And even then, Gruden looked at both and said, eh, "Brown or Mayock? I make <laughs> the decisions. Decision. I make the decisions anyway. So you know." <laughs> and, I mean, also, <laughs> in the hierarchy of words that. I think everyone in this room has been called at some point in their life. Uh, Cracker is sort of like something you could shrug off with, like, nut, like yeah, okay. Well, especially if you can play. <laughs> like if you still, if you think he's an all pro, you're gonna go, yeah. you're gonna go a lot deeper than that on the words that you know you might say. Well, listen, but he can still play. At that point, I think with the feet and everything, they weren't really sure that he was as good as uh, they thought he was. Now he's got a ring, um, so maybe you're right. There's maybe there's guys and look. I mean, look at all Antonio Brown did. Aaron Rodgers is just a, a disgruntled guy. I mean, yes. he, he, he's still the MVP. It's not like he does crazy things. Um, I I still think he plays there. But I do think, I will say this, I think they're going to hold out to the end. Why would you trade him now? 
I, I mean, first of all, we talked about this before in training camp. You know, does how much does he really need? If it's a you know, if it's a younger guy, that's one thing. So if I'm the Packers, I'm like, yeah, okay, he doesn't come to training camp, but you know, we get to see Jordan Love more. Maybe that's the other thing. You get to see Jordan Love a heck of a lot more in a preseason game. Maybe he's really good. It's like, okay, we'll move the guy. But I don't. I wouldn't do it now. And you know, what's the point? There hasn't even been anything yet where he'd hold out on. Right. They yeah. don't even have their mandatory minicamp to yeah. like June. Like he hasn't even held out of anything yet. It would be funny if he just shows up to that the minicamp and he's just like, yeah, I'm here. What? Yeah. I yeah. didn't say anything. So, I didn't do any of that. My, girl, my fiance wants me here. <laughs> what is that? Is the fiance his friend? <laughs> Who's this guy's friend? Yeah. John Coon. The full <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, full, the, the golfing part. Yes. Maybe he tells him more than the fiance. Maybe that's why he wants to come to the Raiders because he and John Gruden both love fullbacks. Oh, that's true. He, he's that's a good scouring. Point. That's a good okay. Point. He's scouring rosters. Yes. The 49ers. The Niners. And the Raiders are the two teams that love fullbacks. I Broncos, think more than no. anybody. The the Browns do as well now that Stefanski's there. Because the Browns and or the Vikings used to love it. Stefanski's there. Now he loves uh fullbacks too. That's those that's it. But those then, are the teams. Yeah, no one wants to move to Cleveland. Like so. the, the yeah. Broncos or the excuse me, the Browns had Johnny Stanton on the practice squad yeah. as a fullback. Like they had a fullback on the practice. They were beating John Gruden out for fullbacks on the practice squad. Like maybe that's it. Maybe that's why he, he just loves here. fullbacks. And he's like, Well, I love that's, John Gruden. I Kuhn. am being pushed over the top by Alec Ingold. Yeah. And he's this like, This will get me back to the Super Bowl. I saw that Alec Ingold guy make a couple catches yes, on wheel routes. Yes. That's what I need this to get to. This is a team a that is a fullback and used Big Wit as a fullback. I need to get to <laughs> Vegas as quickly as possible because there's going to be a four tight end out there blocking you, for somebody. You know what happened here? The Packers were like, all right, Aaron, we're going to bring you in on some decision-making. What do you think we need to do to, to get to the Super Bowl? And he was like, we're a fullback away, guys. And they said, all right, thank you, Aaron. We will not be taking your advice anymore. And Aaron Rodgers got mad. Yeah, to hell with you guys. <laughs> they, do they have a fullback? I don't think the Packers have a fullback, no, right? Okay. No. I, I do enjoy that he, the idea of him going full Costanza of like quitting his job. I'm not, yes. I'll never yes. come back. And then just showing up the next day yes, to exactly. work. Of like, <laughs> what do you mean? I, I never quit. Is that a reference I'm supposed to get? Yeah, I, it, it's a reference that Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, good Seinfeld. God. All right. When um, was Seinfeld's last episode aired? 1998. Okay. 98. I was six. 98. Uh, yeah, the year my I son was, was born. seven. Yeah. My son was zero. He just bounced in. He was zero. He just he just bounced in in '98. Um, did you not have the classic TV in your room that only had rabbit ears? I did not have a TV in my room until I was like in high school. So oh, okay. No. Yeah, no. I had the TV in my room with that only had rabbit ears. So that means only only network channels. Yeah, only network channels. And after like. 8 p.m., all that is is reruns of yes. Friends, Seinfeld, and <laughs> Cheers. No, I just fell asleep in the living room watching Sports Center. So, Friends? Did you watch Friends? No. My girlfriend's seen every Friends like six okay. times, so I've seen it by default, right. but no. Friends, Seinfeld, Cheers is, you wouldn't do Cheers. No. That's even older than Seinfeld. Oh, easily. Woody Harrelson. Is that even dance. in color? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. But yes. it does have kind of a weird like grain on it that you can tell. I do. Like, I really do wonder how many friends he has, though. Like you said, like true friends. I mean, he doesn't get along. He's, got, with his he's family. got that group chat. The group chat that was. Yeah, we never really. About. Yeah, I'd love. I think the key in the group chat was how many people are in this thing. It's got to be him and Jordy Nelson and, and John like, and John Coon. Yeah. <laughs> It's all former players. It's all current players. It's all former okay, players. Okay, do you think that, because John Kuhn had very detailed quotes in this thing, and long, long yeah. quotes. Like, the first time John Kuhn's been interviewed in his life, he's like, oh my god, I got interviewed. I'm going to talk forever. But do you think, is he the kind of guy who would want this to happen and kind of talk through someone else, or would he call up John and say, John, what the hell are you doing? 
Because there were a lot of detailed quotes in there. I've talked like, to him. I've done this. I've done that. It's like, okay. If get... they're actually, if they're like actually friends, if you're John Kuhn, you like text Aaron Rodgers and say, what the hell are you doing, dude? And you right. just hear what Aaron has to say. Now, if you're actually friends, you probably then don't go on the radio and tell That's everybody. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he, so, he said a lot of as things. calculated as Aaron Rodgers is, though. You think he put John I Kuhn think up he to went, it? He, yeah. Johnny, it's Aaron. I, got you to, I, I need you to do something. Yeah. I can only get back. you on CBS radio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, coming up next, Mike Gravala joins the show. He's never seen a steak that is too gray. He once ate half a box of Cheez-Its for lunch and finished off the other half for dinner. He has eaten exactly one taco in his life. He is Mike Grillmala. Have tacos changed that much since I tried one? Hey, Mike. How are you? Mike, hey. guys. How are we doing? Good. What do you eat for breakfast? I don't eat breakfast. Sometimes oh. like a banana, maybe, Ooh. but that's it. Most important meal of the day. Yeah. Is that what no, we've I'm, heard I'm our whole and, lives? No, I'm just up and at them. No just, time for breakfast. Oh, man. No time. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you adamant about? <laughs> up and at them. What are you doing? <laughs> If uh, if I if I have like breakfast for dinner or I'm at an IHOP or something like that, I will get usually pancakes. You go to IHOP? Yeah, I mean if um if circumstances find me there, I can't remember the last time I was. But if I'm at a place where breakfast is served and I feel like having a breakfast, you know, for dinner or I feel like something in that vein, I'll usually go for pancakes. Okay, do you get everything on its own separate plate while you're at IHOP? Like your eggs, your hash browns, your pancakes. No, I think he's saying he just gets pancakes. I only oh. get pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, you should know better than to assume Mike got more than one food for a meal. This are you well, you're like Jason Fitzson, you don't do syrup? No syrup. But why would you? Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why syrup does syrup is does not how does that go with a, a breakfast? Like <laughs> pancakes are so like starchy and cakey. Like you're not putting syrup on that. Syrup is basically it's it's like a sugary sweet. It doesn't go together you put with breakfast. Frosting on cake. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, all right, Mike. I got some uh, UNLV questions for you. Maybe, maybe. Um, you were out at the speedway. Who was the best driver? Marcus Arroyo, Lindy LaRock, Kevin Kruger, or Don Sullivan? I don't know. I mean, Marcus Arroyo sort of, he wobbled coming out of one of the turns, and that was kind of alarming. <laughs> Everyone else seems pretty to go pretty smoothly. Um, I know Lindy LaRock went first. So I think in my mind she just went the fastest because she was the first one to, like, you know, blow by us as we're standing there on the side. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Lindy LaRock. Who was the most excited to do it? Not Kevin Kruger. <laughs> who, who is just like... A complete, a flat line all the time. He's a man of, I don't know what thrills him in life, but it's not driving a race car 200 miles an hour because he gets out and he's like, hey guys, how are we doing? You know, oh, it was fun. You know, we got in, drove the car around. So it's, I don't know who was the most excited, but uh, Kevin Kruger was the least excited. Are you more convinced seeing him being dunked in a tank and actually smiling at a speedway that Marcus Arroyo has more of a personality than most people think? Maybe, maybe, maybe he's, you know, with the things opening up and things starting to look brighter and, you know, he's actually able to get out there and, you know, be with his team and do what he loves to do. I, 
I get the sense that football is what he loves to do. I don't know if there's anything else on that list. So now that he's got a chance to actually do that in a way that he's used to, in a way that he loves, maybe that's just bringing it out um, more naturally. And we're starting to see that side of him where he's, hey, I'll get dunked in a tank, or hey, I'll crack a few jokes, or hey, I'll smile. I'll tell the guys that you know we can have um, a little bit of a lighter side of practice once in a while. So maybe it's just the, the circumstances, because you know, he wouldn't be the only person who went through that sort of thing during the, the long pandemic. How concerning is it that UNLV had to have somebody sneak in and slap the target to actually dunk him in the dunk tank? Hey, as as you said, Tyler, that's why Vic Viramonte, that's why he's a former quarterback. <laughs> he's, that target could not have been more than five feet away. And they gave him a warm-up throw. They gave him a warm-up throw, which a, which a carnival won't even do. Carnival won't give you a warm-up throw. Wait, so. I missed it, though. Who... Was it? It wasn't one of the quarterbacks they're trying not to start who missed that thing. No, no, it was, Vic, it was Vegas Vic, the linebacker oh, who used to greatest who, greatest recruit in the history yeah, of the school. Who was a quarterback at one point? Oh, okay. I mean, if it was Brumfield, they're really in trouble if that guy missed from <laughs> five feet out. That would have been bad. So, hold on. Mike, you did write that uh, you think Doug Brumfield w- is in the lead for the quarterback spot right now. Is that like a good enough lead? Do you feel confident that? Oh, yes, he will be the starter once we actually get to the fall, or is it still fairly close to you? I, I, it's tough to say just based on spring practice because, as you know, everyone looks like a, a star in spring practice. But, I mean, Brumfield, I think he would be the starter if the season happened today. I also think that there are going to be quarterbacks in the transfer portal in the offseason still to come who are probably going to be better than Doug Brumfield before the start of this season. So it depends on what Marcus Royal wants to do, what he thinks he can bring in. Via transfer, you know, if you if someone loses a, a quarterback battle at another school and they want to play immediately, and a Marcus Arroyo says, "Hey, we need a quarterback," you'll play. They can probably bring in someone to uh, elevate the the ceiling of their their quarterback group. So I would say that, you know, Brumfield is leading the battle right now, but there are far bigger battles to be fought through the rest of the off season and training camp before we get to week one. Yeah, that was my question to you uh, in terms of the percentage if the quarterback's even on the roster right now. I don't know. I mean, look, I saw one practice. I was there with you. You saw a lot more than any of us. But I didn't get the sense in talking to you and others that, oh, we absolutely know our guys on this roster right now. Yeah, it's if like if someone comes available who Arroyo thinks can win this season and is better than his available quarterbacks, he probably, based on what happened last year, um, he should probably go after that guy. And just personally, I do think there are going to be quarterbacks available who can help this team and who will be better than what they currently have. So um, if their main goal is to win immediately, I think they'll probably be keeping a, a close eye on the, the transfer portal. If you get to create a player to fill the last roster spot for Kevin Kruger, what type of player are you creating? That's a good question. I would like to see a... A forward, you know, someone would be like a four, maybe an undersized five, someone who can score the ball a little bit. Just because all the players that they've brought in who have a scoring background have been guards. They're all six foot two. Uh, they, you know, they've got uh, Justin Webster, Mike Nuga, Josh Baker. Those are their, their proven scorers. Uh, all the guys they brought in in the front court are sort of defensive minded guys. Uh, they're players who didn't get a lot of time at the previous schools. I think, you know, if you go above six foot two, I think Nick Blake might be the the guy, the highest scorer on the roster. Uh, he scored like six points a game last year. I don't think any of their forwards or big men right now have maybe topped that number. So, um, 
if someone comes available who can play the four, catch a pass in the paint, finish it around the rim, maybe face up a little, I'd be interested in that kind of player. Okay, I have a two-part question for you. Give us the percentage. The next player we see commit is Bryce Hamilton back to his school. But also, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I read this yesterday. When San Diego State signed it, got a kid from Duquesne yesterday, it was written that they can still go after guys and be over the limit because of this COVID situation where kids get years back now. If that's the truth, is Kevin Kruger really done with one more guy? Uh, on the percentage for Bryce Hamilton, I would say 10% or under. Oh, wow, it, okay. It, it seems like if he was going to come back to college, um, he's also in the transfer portal, so I think it would be, um, and he'll have suitors. So I think that, I know the door hasn't been closed on him from UNLV's perspective. They would still welcome him back. Um, that's not one of the guys they pushed out the door. That's someone who they would welcome back. Um, but I think he'll have enough options that he'll end up somewhere else. Um, as to the other question, from my, from my understanding, it's seniors, guys who were okay. seniors last right. year who get an extra year. Like, a, like if UNLV signed another player to be their 13th scholarship position um, and they were full, and then Mbake Zhang, you know, a couple weeks from now says, hey, I want to come back, they would be allowed to keep Mbake Zhang because he was a senior and he would get he would not count against your scholarship limit, so he could be like, you're 13 plus one. Okay, that's um, I must have read it then. I, and maybe that's what they meant, the seniors in the team who are coming back, uh, whether it's uh, I don't know who it was, but they kind of wrote that because they got that year back, you can go over the limit this year. Yeah, I, to my, my understanding was that it, that applied to seniors. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, but that's what I've been working on, and from what I've gotten from talking to Kevin Kruger and you know how they're building the roster, I think that's how it works. But, I mean, who knows at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, give them as many scholarships as they want. Um, <laughs> do you think the roster is better right now than the one that ended the regular season? That's a good question. Uh, you know, if you gave me Bryce Hamilton from two years ago, I would, I might take that team. Um, but giving the way they ended this past season, I would probably take the unknown. Like it's the the team went. Where did they go? Twelve and fifteen. Twelve and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not signing up for that again. If I'm a fan, <laughs> give me the unknown. You know, give right. Give me the the mystery team. Am I right? No, that's. What, I mean, that's no, what that's I would take. Yeah, I. I because you kind of know what you had before. Yeah, I'm not convinced this team is better because I'm even though they've added guys that can actually shoot and have actually scored in their in their basketball careers, I'm still not convinced they have. A guy that like, oh yeah, you can give him the ball and give him a ball screen and he'll create a good shot for that team. Last year, Bryce Hamilton was extremely inefficient, but they had at least a guy that you said, yeah, he can get a shot. And they even had David Jenkins, who you knew was a good shooter, even if that was all he was. I don't know that they have that on this roster. I think they're going to be much better defensively, but I just don't know offensively, even with the recent additions, they're going to be good enough on that end to truly be better than last year. Yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle to 500. Like, I'm not saying they're going to be good or anything like that. Uh, but just it's going simply on last year's team was not good, and they were also um, unimpressive, let's say. they were. It's not a team that you could hang – it's not a team you could even hang some hope on, as in like, oh, man, once this team matures and these guys get some experience and they're really going to explode, it wasn't that kind of team. Um, they were pretty much hit their ceiling last year. You saw what it was, and it was pretty bad. So just based on that, you know, if I'm a fan, I'm saying give me something new. 
Do you believe we've missed, and it's been our fault that we've missed how talented they really are, given Craig Smith wants all of the UNLV Rebels? <laughs> because Mbake Zhang has one of those. David Jenkins went. My guess is, uh, you know, the other kids who have already left and not gone anywhere might be going to Utah. Is it strange to you that these kids might all think of Utah as the place to be? Um, no, I guess that's probably Craig Smith just has some familiarity game planning against them for a couple of years. Um, so... No, it's not surprising. I mean, T.J. Otzenberger sort of did the same thing. He brought in some players that he knew. Um, he brought in David Jenkins, who had played with him. He brought in Caleb Grill, who he would recruited and gotten a commitment from previously. I think that's just sort of what coaches do. But um, good for those guys. Like that's Oh, yeah. Not, no, they're going <laughs> yeah. to the Pac-12. I just think it's weird. Like, Jenkins and then Mbake Zhang has told three teams, and like, Utah's one of them. Like, man, they, that Craig Smith seemed to like these guys a lot. Yeah, are you worried about that they're going to come back and just kill you and LV? Like that they're they're going to be the ones who got away? Uh, nice to meet that you. Sort of I don't really know if they care about much at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't care who wins anything. Mike, what did you do? <laughs> what did you do to get uh, Moses' Woods' dad to call you Mr. Ooh. Negative Award? Yeah, of negative we forgot spin. about that. I was just relentlessly negative. You know me. That's sort of my calling card, <laughs> how negative I am about um, the teams I cover all the time. Uh, so I guess that sort of got under his skin. Um, well, it got under my skin because you stole the award from me. That's supposed to be me over here, not Mike Gramala. That's what I said. Like, I was getting I, – I had to call you up. and I said, Tyler, how do I handle uh, – <laughs> how do I handle all this Twitter hate? I'm not used to it, you know? I – I mean, I get some of it with my when I post like photos of my food. I, I don't. I rarely get criticism of my actual work. So I was like, Tyler, how do I handle this? What, what should I do? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I was too angry to help you out. Because He's still mad about it, so he's I not going to give you award. any advice. That's right. They can't give you any more advice. I'm rubbing off too much. All right. He's Mike Gramala from the Las Vegas Sun. Mike, as always, we Thanks, appreciate Mike. it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, buddy. Uh, best. We we should use it as a drop. When I find myself at an IHOP, <laughs> don't you usually like, if, especially in IHOPs, like, hey, you want to go to IHOP? Like, you choose to go. Like, when do you like get in the parking lot? You look up, say, hey, there's, a, we're at an IHOP. Mike doesn't drink. No, yeah, I was gonna say when you're when you're wasted, you yeah. you'll well, find yeah, exactly, yourself yeah, exactly. at an IHOP or Denny's. But he yes. doesn't drink, yes. so I don't know what he How do you finds find yourself at when... an IHOP. No clue. Mike right. doesn't drink, but he does do peyote. <laughs> Coming up next, we got a special sharp joining us. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Oh, our sharp today is from Australia. It's Steven, the fan of Sydney FC, who uh, got us into watching Australian League Soccer. Uh, By the way, how's it feel to have, uh, what is it, six straight games you haven't beaten Western Sydney? Yeah, 829 days or whatever the hell it is. It'll all change in two weeks. It'll all change in two weeks. I bet you were saying that two weeks ago. Hold out hope, Stephen. Hold out hope, buddy. All right. Well, you're our sharp yeah, that, for the that's day. That's all I can do. Yeah, you're our sharp for the day. So wh- what are you picking? You can pick anything from the weekend since it's Friday, too. What are you picking? I can, but why would I go anywhere other than the best league in the world, the A-League? We are going to do a two-leg multi. Um, I believe you Americans call that a parlay, but I could be wrong on that one. We do, we do, yes. Um, 
So we are going to go Sydney FC to win into over two and a half goals in the Western Sydney Wanderers versus Western United game directly following that one. All right. So Steven, Sid- you know you only have to pick one. <laughs> Don't tell him that. Hold yeah, on. I'm telling you. And what did you do? Pick like five games in a row or something? I'll pick okay. the Dodgers to get swept. Hold on. You're telling me the, the total for goals in the Western Sydney Wanderers game is two and a half? So, so you uh, with um with the company that I bet through anyway, um, you can pick. So you have over you have over half a goal, one and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. But the standard line that gets put out for every single game, as like on the home page, is two and a half goals. Well, every right. every game they play ends four to three. Like that's that's an easy bet. I, I'm not saying you can't pick it. I'm just saying the last two they they lost five four and they won three two in their last two games. Like this is this is good pick. Oh, yeah, right. no, I know it's great. If you ever bet on the Australian A League, always take over two and a half. It will pay out more often than <laughs> yeah, it does. Not. Like the, the <laughs> best the best part about watching Western Sydney Wanderers is there are a ton of goals that they score every game. They they give up a lot, yeah. but there's a ton of goals. <laughs> well, I think there's every chance that may change. So I do some stuff for a project called the Reserve Team here in Australia. Um, I host a show with another guy. He's been saying that all season the Wanderers look like they have a Steven Ugarkovic-sized hole in the middle of the park. Um, Carl Robinson, the coach, wanted to get him at the start of the season from Newcastle. Newcastle refused to release him from his contract. Uh, they finally relented and did a player swap. So they now have Steven Ugarkovic. So I'm hoping that will help them with their transition play. You're um, hoping. You're not That might hoping. be your best chance of making the finals, to be honest, is to go, I think, 4-1-1 and one, and hope a couple of other results go their way and that this getting Steven Ugarkovic in will help the Wanderers because I really want a Sydney derby in the finals. To lose again? Even though I you think there's lose every chance Sydney will lose it. What, you <laughs> want to lose again? Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, all right, Steven. Uh, good luck. By the way, what time is it there? Uh, it is one fifty-five a.m. Ooh. and the only reason I'm still awake is because I. Well, speaking of that over two and a half goal line, um, <laughs> I am over two and a half mental breakdowns this week, so that's why I'm still awake at two a.m. Go to sleep, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank, Thank you. you we appreciate Thank you, it. Take no care worries. yourself. If I win this one, I will send a voicemail through on Monday. <laughs> Absolutely. Again. Okay. Right. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Okay. So I came in this uh, morning. This first thing I said, I said, "Hey, Tyler, you think Igakovich is going to be playing?" <laughs> <laughs> the look on. Uh, oh, uh-huh. I th- hold on. I think Steven's still with us. Hold on. Let me. <laughs> Steven, are you still there? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. The look. Just before we let you go, the look on Ed's face when you started actually breaking down the alien. Yeah, I just. You might as well I, have been speaking Spanish yes. to a Russian. I'm a big Yagakovich guy. <laughs> no question about that. <laughs> All right. We'll talk uh, to you later, Steven. Thanks, Steven. Thank you. Um, so, by the way, just looking here, uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers have scored the second most goals in the A League and, and they given have, up. They've allowed the third Oof. most goals. That's fine the to A-League. watch then. Yes. Oh, I'm no, telling you. Every... It's delightful to watch if it wasn't 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> every game they play, it's going to it's gonna end like 3 2 or 5 4, something ridiculous like that. It's good. It is good. So. I once posted up at the bar with my laptop so that I could watch you it. You could watch it? Yeah. And I was just like, I'm screaming in an empty bar, and the bartender is just staring at me. Like, <laughs> the best will be if he does do a voicemail. We'll finally get one of those. 
after like hey, after hey. all these uh, dry. I mean, do we get them? We got you... we got some in January, and then we made fun of the guy's poetry, and I don't think he. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right, the you poet. Too. The poet. I, I do not put me it in that. It was the poet. I was, was very poet. appreciative of, of the our poet. poet. <laughs> you two made fun of the poet. I appreciated poet. our resident poet and everything he gave us. He worked way too hard well, on poetry for this. We show. shouldn't have made fun of him because he did like he, he did put, three in a he row. He actually put thought into it. It's like yes. ah, you're way too over the board here, it was man. Phenomenal. It was all right. So our our actual voicemails were Stephen, our poet, three times I think, mm-hmm. and then a guy who was demanding us put uh, like Amber on the show more often. Amber Dixon's agent called our yeah. hotline. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> I hope so, yes. Ste- I hope Steven gets it. I I love the fact the kid went uh, with the parlay. It's like it's just, well, he's, all he had to do is one pick, but he went very confidently went with the parlay. Good for him. And by the way, I'm learning more and more about Steven. Is he he might be a professional better, and he's going to win like 30 shades. He's like, well, the company I bet with here, and I do this show and everything like that. I'm like, I think you've given yourself away here a little to be an expert on this stuff. No, nobody can nobody can beat Ron. Eight's unbeatable. <laughs> Why would he listen to us if he's an expert? <laughs> <laughs>